Well, Lord, sir, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been to a Christmas exchange party? Maybe you haven't had this experience yet, but basically the way it goes is there are a bunch of people that bring gifts. They set them around in a circle. You draw a number, and then the first number gets to pick a gift. And, and then as it goes, you can steal gifts, or you can trade, or you can re-steal so many times. It's, it's great fun. But let me ask you this. When, when you go to pick that gift, what's your criteria? What are you looking for to pick that first gift? Now, maybe you've heard the, the terrible stories like, I want to pick the biggest one because surely that's the best. In reality, the biggest may not be the best. A true story, a friend of mine told me that one time they had a white elephant gift party and the biggest gift was picked first. And the biggest gift turned out to be a spare tire that someone found by the side of the road. Not exactly something you want to take home. Or, or maybe you go for the prettiest wrapping. You know, maybe there's something that's just eye-catching about that present and, and draws your eyes to it. And then you realize that what's on the inside doesn't look near as good as what's on the outside. Has that been your experience? See, I think the same thing happens when we look at Jesus Christ. Because as we look at him, he's really nothing to behold. And scripture even tells us that. He's nothing special to look at. But oh, it's so different when you get to meet the gift. Go back to that same Christmas party and ask yourself, now, if you knew who the gift giver was, would you pick that gift? I bet you would if you knew that they were a good gift giver. Or if you could see inside and see what the gift was, would you pick that gift? I bet you would. And I bet you defend it with your life. There'd be fighting words if somebody tried to steal that present from you. Well, as we look at the gift that we've been given, this gift of Jesus Christ who comes to dwell among us, we need to start looking beyond the outside. And we need to start looking at the inside. Why do I say this? If you look back at the scripture that the Scott family just read a moment ago, it talks about the shepherds in the field. And in Luke chapter 2, he says this, there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, great joy that will be for all people. This good news, this great joy that is for all people is the birth of our Savior. But it goes on, and, and your translation may differ. This, this particular one says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Some translations even say, this will be how you recognize him. He will be wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. They had to tell the shepherds what to look for because whatever they thought about what a Messiah might look like is probably not what they were going to find. You will recognize him by the exterior wrapping of cloth and a manger. Hardly anything special to look at. And the special to look at really didn't get better as Jesus goes. If we're just looking at the outside, I mean, think about it. If you're starting a worldwide ministry, would you pick your chief marketing officer to be someone who lives in the desert and wears raggedy clothes and eats bugs? And that's who John the Baptist was. That was his chief marketer. Would you live a lifestyle that attracted extravagance 
Or would you be a wandering teacher that had no place to lay their head? These are the things that, that make me question if it's really about the outside or the inside. And it doesn't get any better than that because even after he began to gather fame and a following, we see the outside picture of a common criminal being hung on a cross. Not exactly what I would be looking for in a Messiah. And probably not what they were looking for either. But we know that the external doesn't work by itself. In fact, if you look at who Jesus had the most arguments with, it would be the Pharisees, the people who were always concerned about the outsides. Now, why was Jesus so upset with them? I think because the external was made to look a lot better than the internal. And I also think that the internal is more important. Listen to the words that Jesus had for them. If you turn to Matthew 23, there's a series of woes that he prescribes to the Pharisees. This is not the, uh, the target that you want to be on the end of when Jesus says, woe to you, and has a list. But he does for the Pharisees. I just want to read one of them. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones and of, of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. It's not about what we look like on the outside. It's not about the exterior. It's about the interior. And I think the thing that disturbed Jesus the most was not only were these people dead inside, but they were encouraging a culture that would also be dead inside. It was just death and decay. It was all about looks, not about substance. I think we do the same thing in our culture sometimes, do we not? We look at the outside, and, and as they say, everything is uh, glitters is not gold, but boy, are we attracted to it. We haven't really changed much since that first step through the garden where that fruit looked pleasing to the eye, and we decided to take that. Everything that glitters is not gold, but... We are committed to what we look like on the outside. As a nation, it is fascinating to me to read some statistics. I was just looking up some st statistics about debt in America. Did you re realize that in 2021, we reached an all-time high for debt in America? $15 trillion in debt. Over $10 trillion of that is related to the homes or the abodes that we live in. In other words, we are living above our means. Now, I'm not saying that that's always to impress people, but what I am saying is as a culture, we have seized on this idea that it's okay to go into massive amounts of debt, to live in a house that's too big to take care of. And oh, by the way, we probably have a storage unit to boot. Does that seem ironic to anyone else? But it doesn't end there. It's not just about the material things. It could be the, the things that we choose to drive. It could be the, the place that we choose to live. It could be a myriad of things. But the other thing that fascinates me is that as a people in North America, we have also spent more than $16 billion in one year for plastic surgery. Why? Because we want to look good on the outside. The problem is that money can fix what's on the outside, but money can't fix what's on the inside. 
And real beauty, real lasting beauty is not about the outside. The outside will fade. Real lasting beauty is about the inside. I think Jesus understood this. If we compare this life that is outside in versus inside out, meaning if I'm only worried about the outside, the impression, then I have certain characteristics that I will portray. Outside in living looks like this. It's, it's all about the looks. Its goal is to keep everything contained and to give the appearance of having it all together. The focus of outside in living is the self or, or a smaller unit. And it leads ultimately to a scarcity mentality because outside in living says, I'm going to pull everything in and then I'm going to protect it as if there's not enough to go around. Well, depending on what it is that we're collecting, that may be true, but it's not true in God's economy. See, the opposite of outside in living would be inside out living. And this is the model that Jesus invites us to. This is the reason that the Savior has come, has arrived in this season of expectation. Inside out living is exactly the opposite. It's not all about the looks, and its goal is not to keep. Its goal is to give. Its focus is not the self. Its focus is the other as we live inside out. Its mindset is an abundance mindset, not a scarcity mentality. This is living from the inside out. I remember one particular time when we did a, a white elephant gift exchange and it was the last minute. Uh, we didn't have a lot to, to pull from. So I did the best that we could. Uh, we bought a plant and we potted it inside an old worn out combat boot. It was decorated well, so it was chosen. Why? Because it looked good on the outside. And I wish I had a picture of the look on the face of the person that unwrapped that nasty whole combat boot with a plant inside. But when you think about it, maybe there's something to this plant idea. What if that plant chose to live from the outside in? What if that plant was only worried about what it looked like on the outside and it built walls to protect itself? You can probably predict what would happen. That plant would have no light. That plant would get no water. That plant would circulate no air. And inside that plant, there would be death and decay, much like a whitewashed tomb of a Pharisee. This speaks to our spiritual lives as well. If we focus on outside in living, we too can become dead on the inside. We can experience decay. And it's not the reason that Jesus comes to live among us. Compare that to the inside out living. If that plant recognizes that it's not about those walls and looking good, it's about living from the inside out. It's about being who God created us to be. And that plant gets light and circulating air and rain. And eventually that plant produces fruit and that fruit feeds others. So that's the epitome of inside out living. And when we focus too much on the outside, we fail to live from the inside out. That's the central message of what Jesus had to offer. As we look at this baby that has arrived in this manger, 
I pray that we'll understand that it's not about the exterior appearance. Because if it was, he would have built, uh, been born into a palace. He would have been a lot better looking. He would have had a bigger following. He would have done other things that would have been more splashy and attractive. But as it is, he's just a baby in a manger in swaddling clothes as common as they come. I hope, word serve, that you will join us in 2022 as we begin to experience what it means for this Jesus to arrive into our hearts. And as he grows in stature, uh, we can watch his life and learn lessons. You will see a man who has grown from the inside out, whose very life is from the inside out, whose life is poured out that we might experience freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from death freedom to live a life of abundance. I pray that you will join us in 2022 then as we learn more about this Jesus, as we learn more about living from the inside out. See, I figure the last two years have pretty much turned our world upside down. So maybe this year, it's time that we turned our world inside out and lived a life that reflects the true nature of Jesus. We can only do that by the Holy Spirit. We will do it better if we do it together. And so I invite you into this journey next year and pray that you will come back and experience life from the inside out, life that's different. Will you pray with me, please? God, thank you for sending a son that teaches us to live inside out. God, give us the courage to lay down the walls that we've built so carefully, to lay aside all the appearances. And God, I pray for all those who might be hurting tonight, who feel like they have to put a face up that says, you know, everything's good. I'm okay on the outside and on the inside, they're just broken. God, I pray that you would help us to be real with each other and help us to have enough love in our hearts that is from you, that nothing will rattle us, nothing will shake us, and nothing will discourage us. God, help us to see past the external, help us to live into the internal. And help us to share that gift, the gift of your son with the world. And we know the gift giver. And we know the gift because your word tells us so, that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. So that whoever believes will not perish, but will have everlasting life. God, thank you for the arrival of this son, this most magnificent gift. Help us to take it, help us to live it, and help us to show it. In Jesus' name, amen.